0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: Our sin nature is always right there below the surface, just looking for an opportunity to come out. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus and we need to follow him, not looking around at others like Peter did, not looking at our circumstances, but looking unto Jesus. You know, Corey Ten Boom put it this way. Look around and be distressed. Look within and be depressed. Look to Jesus and be at rest.
0: Sometimes, in the middle of storms and trials, you become so focused on your problems, others around you, or your own feelings that you lose sight of God. However, as Pastor Dan explains today, Jesus offers a simple solution to trouble. Follow me, Jesus commands. Don't look around at your circumstances, the lives of others or yourself for help or solutions. Only by staying focused on Jesus can you remain strong in this world. Submit to his will and the desires for your life. Seek him at every moment. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 21 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: saw us before we were born before he created us that every day of my life and your life was recorded in his book before our life began every moment it says was was laid out was mapped out before a single day before we were born he had it all mapped out already what about the bad days what about the tragedies? Yeah, he had it all mapped out. It, it's, it was a surprise to you. It was a surprise to me when those things happened. But he had them on the calendar. It's all mapped out. Every day, every moment, everything. It's all written in his book before they happened. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I find that comforting to know that Jesus has my whole life mapped out. Every moment. Every day, every event, it's it's all written in his book. It's all pre-planned, pre-arranged. None of it's a surprise to him. None of it catches him off guard. That's comforting. That gives us a certain amount of peace, knowing that Jesus has it all mapped out, and knowing also in Romans it says that he works all things together for good in my life. That he's going to use all the things, the good and the bad stuff, For good, ultimately, in my life, to conform me into the image of Jesus, it says in Romans. That's what he uses those things for, to make us more like Jesus. So since every day is written in his book, he has every day mapped out, every moment, every event, he's got it all mapped out, it's all written on the calendar, he's got it all planned out for us, well then what should we do? Well, in verse 19, Jesus tells us what we should do. Look what it says, two words, follow me. Follow me. That's simple enough, isn't it? All we need to do is keep our eyes on Jesus and follow him. He's the man with the plan. He's got the calendar. So we just need to follow him. How can you mess that up? (laughs) But we can. Peter messes it up. Look at, look at what Peter does in verse 20. Well, then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper, that's John, and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? And Peter, seeing John, said to Jesus, but Lord, well, what about this man? So evidently, Jesus began walking. You know, they're on the shore of the Sea of Galilee there. It's early in the morning. They've had the breakfast by the fire. Jesus began walking, and the disciples followed him. Literally, they're following him. And then they we're told that Peter turned around, saw John, and said, but Lord, what about him? What's going to happen to John? Peter, you follow me. Well, what about John? Now, let me suggest to you that perhaps John and Peter had kind of a competitive relationship. Uh, If you remember just back a few chapters on the resurrection morning, uh, Peter and John heard the tomb was empty. They both started running towards the tomb. And John tells us he got there first. He writes that down for all eternity so that we'll know that he won the race. Even earlier in chapter 21, when Jesus is standing on the shore and the, the disciples are out in the boat fishing, and Jesus yells to them, and says, hey kids, you catch anything? Tells them to lower the net on the other side of the boat, and they catch all the fish. It's John who recognizes that it's the Lord. He's the one who said, it's the Lord. And John wrote that down for us. That we would know that he's the one who first recognized it was Jesus, and it wasn't Peter. And so it just seems uh, that they had some kind of competition uh, in, in their relationship and And that comes out here where now Peter says, "But what about him? What about John? What's going to happen to John I, I I want you to see what happens here. Peter was just forgiven by Jesus, just restored, just commissioned into the ministry, just moments before this, not to mention he was physically with Jesus. Jesus is there, physically. And what happened? Peter's flesh came out. In that moment, with Jesus there, Peter's flesh came out. He took his eyes off of Jesus, he put his eyes on John, and out came the flesh. Out came the old Simon. Man, don't you hate the flesh? Don't you hate the sin nature that remains in all of us? Have, have you noticed that your flesh is always right below the surface, ready to come out at any moment? Even at a spiritual moment, the flesh can come out. I mean, one moment you can have your eyes fixed on Jesus, and everything is good. And the next moment, you take your eyes off of Jesus. You start looking around at other people. You start looking around at your circumstances, and the flesh comes out—jealousy, envy, anger, bitterness. I mean, you, you you come to church. You come in. You're hugging people in the lobby. You know, you come into here, and you're singing songs to Jesus, you're raising your hands during worship, you're taking notes during the Bible study, you're fellowshipping with people afterwards, and some Sundays, the flesh comes out before you get to your car in the parking lot. You know? You don't even make it out of the parking lot. And the old man comes out. Our sin nature is always right there below the surface, just looking for an opportunity to come out. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus, and we need to follow him. Not looking around at others like Peter did, not looking at our circumstances, but looking unto Jesus. You know, Corey Ten Boom put it this way Look around and be distressed, look within and be depressed. Look to Jesus and be at rest. And that's so true. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it says of God, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. He will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind fixed on him. Set your mind on things above, right, where Christ is. Not on the things of this earth. If you keep your mind fixed on him, he will keep you in perfect peace. He'll give you rest. He'll give you the peace of God. You take your eyes off of Jesus, and that's when the trouble starts. That's when the flesh comes out. Jesus told Peter, follow me. But notice in verse 20, Peter turned around, it says. He turned around to look at John. And once he turned around to look at John, he was no longer looking at Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm looking at you now, but if I, if I turn around to look at the cross, I'm not looking at you anymore. And, and if I turn around, I can't see you. And once Peter turned around, he couldn't see Jesus and if you can't see Jesus, you can't follow Jesus. And when we get our eyes at Jesus and we start, we start looking around or looking at other people or looking at our circumstances, you can't follow Jesus. I, I can't be turning around looking at something else and looking at Jesus at the same time. You can't, you can't do both at the same time. You're looking at one or the other. And sometimes, some people will take their eyes off of Jesus and get so focused on their problems or so focused on their circumstances or so focused on that other person and what they're doing, they don't see where Jesus is at all. They've lost, they've lost track of Jesus. And you know what that's like. You've talked to people. And you talk to them and all they're consumed with their circumstances or they're consumed with that other person. There's, Jesus is nowhere to be found in that. And you can tell from talking to them that they have their eyes completely focused on whatever is going on that is, that is bothering them. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And look at Jesus' response in verse 22. Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Jesus said, if I want him to live until the rapture of the church, that's none of your concern. <laughs> you don't worry about that. Now this, this reminds us that Jesus is coming back again for his church, to take his church to heaven. or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor
0: Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's
1: message. He's coming again. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. He's coming again. The Bible teaches that the return of Jesus Christ for the church is imminent. The disciples believed his return for the church was imminent. Imminence means that Jesus could come for his church at any moment. He could come for his church today. Wouldn't that be great, right? Oh, come on. Wouldn't it be great? for Him to come and take us to heaven today. But again, He says, if, if it's my will that He remains till I come, what is that to you? Peter, you follow me. Peter, this is all you should be concerned about. Are you following me? This is the only thing you need to be thinking about. You Follow me. Don't worry about anybody else. You just make sure, Peter, that you follow me. Now, this is the final message that Jesus gives in the Gospel of John. This is his final teaching. You follow me. And I think that's a great final message for us in our study of the Gospel of John. You follow Jesus. That's your only concern. You follow Jesus. A, a verse that corresponds with this is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, where it says, take heed to yourself. Take heed to yourself or pay close attention to your own life. Pay close attention to your own life. Don't don't look around at others. You just keep your eyes on on yourself and make sure that you are following Jesus. Now, what does that mean, to to follow me? What does it mean to, to follow Jesus? Well, let's turn over to Luke chapter 9, and I want to look at one verse, a very succinct verse here that Jesus gives. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. There's that phrase, follow me. Jesus tells us here, before we can follow him, we must first deny ourselves. And what does that mean, to deny yourself? It means to, to dethrone you, to take you off the throne of your life, and put Christ Jesus on the throne of your life. And then he says, and we also have to take up our cross daily, and this is sometimes uh, misinterpreted, you know, taking up my cross, like this is the cross I have to bear. You know, I, you know I this, this chronic back pain, it's the cross I have to bear in life, or, you know, these kids, I don't know, whatever, you know, that I have to bear, this is my cross that I have to bear. That's not what it, not what it means. Uh, the cross was an instrument of death. It was an instrument of execution. And, and to those hearing Jesus say this, that, that's what they're thinking. This is an instrument of death. So to take up your cross daily means choosing to put yourself to death every day. Death to your plans. Death to your goals. Death to your ambitions. Death to what you think is right for you, or what you think is best. And you replace that with Jesus' plans for your life. It's putting Jesus first over ourselves. This is what's required. It's what's required of each of us. We must first deny ourselves, take up our cross daily. It's something we have to do every day. To put self to death. Put the flesh to death every day. Then we can follow Him. And and back in John 21, following Him really should be our only concern. It should be our only focus. You follow me, He said. Back in John 21, verse 23, we're told, Then this saying went out among the brethren that this disciple would not die Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? When when Jesus said, if he remain till I come, what is that to you? Uh, He he was not making a prediction that John would not die before he returns for the church. It was just a hypothetical statement. But what happened in the early church is those early believers, they took this statement and they misinterpreted it. And, And a rumor began in the early church that Jesus would return before John's death, that John wouldn't die, that the Lord would come back in John's lifetime. This was fake news in that day, right? (laughs) You know, the ironic thing is John was the oldest surviving disciple. He lived well into his 90s. Long after all the other disciples were martyred, John was still alive. And they had this, this false teaching that Jesus would return during John's lifetime. And you know, one of the things that this shows us is that uh, people have always misinterpreted the Bible. From the very beginning, from the early church, people have misinterpreted the Word of God and twisted scriptures, had false teachings, even, even to this day. It's, it's nothing new. That's why it's important for us to be students of the Word that's why it's important for us to carefully study the Word on your own, not just you know, listening to me, but to be a Berean on your own and study the Word and rightly divide the Word of truth and compare Scripture with Scripture, because it's, it's easy to, to get something wrong. We're not careful. Now, verse 24, this is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. John assures us here of the trustworthiness of his testimony in the gospel. It's true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be Written. Isn't that something? you, You think about our time in the Gospel of John as we've gone through this gospel verse by verse, and and the things that John did include in this Gospel are truly amazing. I mean the teachings and the miracles and all of it, it's just it's just it's so amazing, but it's only a small fraction of all that Jesus actually did and taught. Don't you want to know the the things that Jesus did that aren't, aren't recorded here? That's going to be one of the wonderful things about heaven, is that we'll get to hear and learn about all the things that Jesus did that aren't included here. This is just like a preview of coming attractions. And one day we'll be with Him in heaven if you've trusted Christ for salvation and we'll be with Him and we'll hear all the things that He did. And we'll meet the people that were there. The people that heard the teachings and the people that were healed and received the miracles and all, all of it. We'll, we'll hear first-hand accounts one day. Learn about all the other things that Jesus did. Until then, You follow Him. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. You follow Him. Don't get your eyes on your circumstances. You follow Him. Don't get your eyes on other people. You follow Him. Don't get your eyes on the news. You follow Him. Don't let... The news be the first thing you look at on your phone in the morning. You follow Him. You start your day with prayer. With seeking Him. And getting your eyes fixed on Him. Not fixed on your phone. But fixed on Him. You just follow Him. And you will have the peace of God that passes all understanding. His peace rule and reign in your heart and mind. You take your eyes off of him, you're in trouble. The flesh is going to come out. You keep your eyes on him and you follow him. And he who called you is faithful. And he who began the good work in you, he will complete it.
2: He asked me how I
0: Thanks for joining Pastor Dan today to study the Gospel of John. This book articulates Jesus' life in a unique and powerful way, revealing Christ's deity throughout its pages. John paints a picture of the King of Kings by also showing how he could take the sins of the world with him to the cross. Today, you can have your sins forgiven by Jesus, by this death that he already endured. Jesus didn't stay in the grave, though. He rose, He lives now, and He wants a relationship with you. Would you like to know more? Give us a call. We'd be happy to share the joy and freedom waiting for you in Christ. Call us at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We'd like to meet you, too. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, come worship with us at Calvary Chapel gather this Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com. You'll also find more of Pastor Dan's messages at our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more from the Gospel of John right here on Ring of Truth.
2: And I recognize